My name is Mark Viquez, and this is the Ballpark Hunter Podcast, a weekly show that discusses topics at the ballpark from the game day experiences, stadium news, logo changes, and everything else that's brewing at the game. We cover it all from the baseball to the beer. Invite you to stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hello, folks. This is Mark Fiquez, and you're on the Ballpark Hunter podcast. With me today is Anderson Rathbun. He is the GM of the Burlington Sock Puppets of the Appalachian League. Anderson, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, dude. This is, it's awesome to be, uh, be on here. Uh, it's awesome talking with you again. I know we haven't, we, we haven't caught up in a, in a spell, so it's yes. good that we're catching back up here. Yeah, caught up in a spell. This is uh, not the first time we've actually had a that's right. Pod- podcast with you last year on the stadium journey one yeah. that went well. And that led to you inviting us down there yeah. to uh, the visit to the annual stadium journey. Uh, they call it a convention. It's more of a meetup. I mean, yeah. we're not doing convention stuff. We're just meeting up and watching <laughs> a baseball game and talking some shop. Yeah. Uh, that's taking place in St. Paul this year. And oh, um, very cool. I-, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it just based on some of my travels that I have planned this year. So well, it's all good. As long as you made it to yeah. us last year, yeah. you know, that's, that's the only convention you need to go to. Well, I love St. Paul. I love CHS field yeah. up there. I've been there a couple of times. I love Minneapolis, but yeah. you're right. You know, I had never been to Burlington. It's one of those ballparks I've always wanted to go to. Uh, I know several years prior, I thought there was a 12 o'clock game there, but it was at seven, but I already had plans to go to Durham. So yeah. I, I opted to go find a game in Zebulon at the last second. So that was a weird day. But I'm going to tell you, I had a lot of fun last year at awesome. your ballpark. I was able to go there with my buddy Zach and his family. Yeah. And my friend Kim from Colonia, New Jersey. Actually, she was from Avenel, New Jersey. She was there with her family. I hadn't yeah. seen Kim in about 24 years. And here I am with my buddy Zach from Indiana and my, my friend uh, Kim from New Jersey. And we sat underneath the covered grandstand because it was drizzling throughout the night. Yeah. And, and I had a good time. I don't know. I don't know what they I think they had a good time, too. So hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. It was everything I kind of expected you guys to be Sockville, USA. And that's right. Uh, that was just year one. And if year yeah. one was that fun, what do you guys got planned for year two? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of I love the the um, what was it a Pat Riley quote or something like that. If you're if. If you're not improving, you're getting worse. There's no such thing as staying, yeah. you know, the same or whatever it is. I butchered that quote for sure. But, uh, but yeah, so like that, we, we knew, you know, we knew year one is going to be tough coming off of COVID from a, from a budget standpoint, we're not going to be able to do a lot of expensive things that, you know, coming from Daytona, we won promotion uh, awards, not just for the Florida state league, but for, uh, you know, we won golden bobbleheads for the entire minor leagues. So we weren't, going to be able to do that so we really focus on like all right well what about the in-game experience like how can we can control the in-game experience honestly kind of like the bananas do you don't see the bananas really doing these huge outlandish theme night promotions that minor league baseball is known for what you see with the bananas specifically is that they've created such a unique environment that people go to the games because the games are fun not because of certain themes so we try to take that approach uh, and, and and it was awesome last year I, we got a lot of great feedback and it was uh Honestly, we feel very lucky in the sense because everything just went right for us. We didn't really have a true offseason last year because we rebranded in February. So we couldn't really sell it. We didn't have any merchandise to sell at the time, you know, the discounted Royals gear. We really didn't have a game plan of, all right, this is what a sock puppets game is going to look like. So as soon as we rebranded, everything kind of transformed from then on. But we didn't re- launch the rebrand until February. So we only had February, March, April, May, four months of an off season to, to get everything going. And we had a great year. We increased attendance by 35% um, from 2019's numbers, which was awesome. Um, we were the only team in the top three in attendance for the Appalachian League to improve their uh, attendance numbers from 2019, which I th- was really proud of. Um, and we're hoping, we're anticipating at least another 25-30% increase um, from 2021 this year. So uh, we actually have a lot of promo and theme nights this year, uh, which we're pretty pumped for. We're still going to be focused on the in-game experience for when you come to Sockville, it's going to be sockingly different, right? That's our mm-hmm. tagline. That's awesome. But uh, the promos and the theme nights that we want to do as well, we, we want them to be unique different and just ridiculous um so yeah this season should be fun to say the least yeah no i exactly and 
I think you were the you were the first Appy League team to introduce your logo. I think you and Bristol were the same day, but I think I well, saw we, yours. You we were first. in the morning and they were in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was jacked up about all these new logos coming up yeah. because I was like, oh my goodness, we're gonna have 10 new logos and brands and nicknames. And I will say this, and I'm on the record. I think you guys knocked it out of the park. I, I love the sock puppets logo and nothing against any other logo. In the, and there's some other good ones in the league, but I'm right. just saying, if I had to pick my favorite, uh, definitely be the sock puppets. I, I, as soon as I saw that name, I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that is such a great idea because you tied it to the connection with the wool uh, textile industry. And you had these two very fr- kid friendly, but also an adult like us would wear, uh, logos with the two um, yeah. uh, the two Very different good. socks so yeah. I I love it uh, Simon Studio I believe was the creator yeah. you know when you first saw that logo were you like that's it like that's our brand no so we the first logo actually was just the stirrup guy okay uh, so it ended up being just a stirrup guy and and that's the first one that was announced and I loved it I loved it yeah. right I I love the stirrup guy right away Thomas, our AGM, and Ryan, our team president and owner, they they weren't sold out. They wanted to see more variation. So okay. we talked about like, all right, well, how can we ver- like mix this up? And we talked about like, well, what if we kind of went, you know, the stirrup's very old school, traditional baseball. Like it's it's one of the more, if you see a stirrup, you think baseball because that's that's just the that's uniform it. that was back in the day, right? Like when baseball- Pull, pull um, your socks up, yeah. That's right, exactly. Like no, other, no other sport has, has that really. Um, <laughs> I mean, say football for a little bit, they kind of have socks, but it's not like the, it's not like a baseball uniform where the socks are like the main or were, you know, now everybody wears pants, but socks were like the main, one of the main focus points on, uh, from a baseball uniform, from a differential standpoint. So like the stirrup reflected the old school and, and, and Ryan really wanted something wacky. He didn't, he didn't think the stirrup character resembled the wackiness of the name, which I do agree with, right? Like it is a very more traditional. It's not as outgoing as the other guy. So we thought like, well, what about Ken Griffey? Cause Ken Griffey Jr. Was the main honestly that kind of person to push the new era of baseball a little bit of showboat a little bit of cool like he wore his hat backwards during bp and everybody's like oh my gosh like look at this guy right Mm -hmm. like nobody did that so we were like well let's honor him a little bit like the new way we'd have the old era and the new era let's see what it looks like with the cool guy so we're like all right well sock puppets take the stirrup guy took a back burner and we're like all right the cool guy is going to be the main one we're only going to have one character and it came down to a vote on which one we wanted to be our main character. And I lost. So Thomas and Ryan wanted a cool guy. I wanted stirrup guys two to one stirrup guy lost. And I can't tell you how my, I, I was like a two-year-old, like stopping. <laughs> like, I'd be the same get, way. No, I'd yeah, be I was like, we way. need to have the stirrup guy. And Ryan goes, well, what if we had like, what if we had them? And then that like, those two are our primaries. And then we can create these other socks that resemble the history of the community as secondary community right. logos. Mm-hmm. Like how do we, and it's just, it's blossomed from there. And I've been working close with Dan. We're going to be launching another community character sock in May um, to honor the, uh, an industry that was here in the 1940s. Um, and then we're going to try to announce one each year for the foreseeable future. Okay. So we have a couple more lined up in the um, pipeline. So 10 years from now, we should have 10 community character socks that resemble this part of the history and this yeah. part of the history and maybe resembles this part now or this celebrity that, that was here. So, and, and I like to tell people, I don't think at, when it's all said and done, my goal for this brand, when it's all said and done, is there is not a singular brand sports team or you know organization in general that will be able to truly paint the story of the community like we will have. Because we're going to have these characters that tell everybody and all the new rebrands, they say, oh, this honors the community, this honors the community. And sometimes I do feel it's a little cliche. And I felt like it's a little cliche. It's like, oh, you know, it's honor, we're honoring the textile history, which we are, but I want to take that to the next level and truly show like our community's history and future and present within our, you know, logo character set. And uh, I'm pretty excited to, to keep doing that. It's really, really fun. Yeah, and you know it's funny how you bring up Ken Griffey Jr. because the Dub C Fish Sticks also had a logo that was guys wear the backwards cap based off of yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. So yeah. I never knew that uh, one of your logos was based off Ken Griffey Jr. So that's, that's yeah. two logos in some of the collegiate leagues that are based yeah, off. Yeah, I of, think. Uh, I think that's one of the fun, like we don't outwardly say it all the time. Right. Cause like we can, we can go into hours about specific details of why we yeah. chose certain things, but, but yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things or one little hidden, you know, 
um, themes in our logo is that we have the new era of baseball and the old era of baseball still. And that's what we want to, we want to preserve the sport, but we always want to be pushing the envelope and showing people how fun the sport can actually be, not just because of baseball, but because of the brand and who we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I gotta say I had a lot of, uh, folks had a lot of fun. I went last year with, uh, my buddy, uh, Zach Williams, who I think mm -hmm. you met on a golf outing. Yeah, that's right. At, yeah, the, and, at the Wyndham Championship. Yeah, he was like, he's like, yeah, I bumped into Anderson Rathbun and told him that uh, he needed to get better uh, sound system at, at the uh, at well, the stadium. You know, with an old ballpark, you yeah, know, old things. So yeah, well, he 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 used to be a DJ back and when he lived in Washington D.C. He did a lot of DJ and believe you me, when I go out with him, he always makes comments about the sound of where we're at. So that's just kind of in his ear. But, you know, those are good things to listen to because it's like, well, if he doesn't like the sound, maybe maybe that's something we can look into. Uh, but his seven year old daughter at the time loved your ballpark. She loved the the sock puppet. You can make your own sock puppets when right. you go there. She loved the two mascots running around. Uh, she loves singing hot sock puppets, sock puppets, sock, pu right. sock yeah. puppets. Like every when I see her from time to time, she goes sock puppets. Uh, <laughs> She bought shirts, she bought a hat, she loved all the things going on that day, the face painting. She just fell in love with baseball, and we had taken her to two baseball games, uh, your Burlington, and then we went to uh, Durham the next day. And after the Durham game, she's like, I want to go to another baseball game tomorrow. And her, awesome. mom's, and her mom's like, oh, my God, calm down. You what know, have we done? You know, we can't, we, we have other stuff to do. And I'm like, yeah, I yeah. like this girl. And yeah, it was a lot of fun going there because you could just see this young girl just falling in love uh, with baseball. And I think uh, I, I think it was, you guys had played Danville that night and I forgot the name of the player. He hit a home run and he autographed it for somebody and he gave it to somebody else. This other guy gave it to me for some reason because I was at the bar and I had a red oak beer for the first time in years. And we had this conversation about it. And he's like, here, here, ha have this autographed ball. So I gave it to her. That's and awesome. she was like, oh, my God, I got this autographed baseball. And, yeah. you know, she's got a nice little collection of stuff. And, and like her dad and mom spoil her whatever she wants at the gift shop. OK, you want that sock puppets shirt? You want? I mean, she, she had appreciate. a yeah, she had a sock. She had the like a, the sky blue sock puppets T-shirt. And she was eating, I don't know, ice cream or some kind of icy. And she got it all over her shirt. <laughs> it was, but, but that's the key there. Bring it in this young fan. And, you know, maybe 30 years from now, you know, 25 years from now, she's bringing in her, her family or she's right. going back. So uh, do you think you, uh, obviously year one was very exciting for that. Uh, and you saw a 35% increase in attendance. Uh, what are you doing this year to make things better to say, Hey, bring, bring your family out. This is the place to be during the summer. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we didn't have truth be told, we, we really didn't even have a true budget last year. So when mm. I say we did almost no marketing, we almost did no marketing. So a lot of people still don't know. People think that you know, the, the team left, you know, after the Royals left, they don't know too much about us. So we're making huge kind of grassroots and, and, uh, marketing pushes ac across the board here in the next two months to really just excite people and get them out because i think all we got to do is get them out one time and oh, yeah, they're definitely. Just gonna enjoy it because you know we are a baseball team and and yeah we play baseball games but i we try like i said we try to do so much there's never always something going on at the game so even people you know like me with adhd or you know a kid with you know all kids have adhd let's be honest right like they're always following the shiny penny like they're always entertained there's always doing something if as soon as you have a boring moment or something in the game you can lose kids and if you lose kids then parents take them home right and and it it, it, it follows suit there so we're always trying to make sure we're doing something fun um and that's one thing that we're really focused on is those promotional theme nights you know having those built up and, and doing some fun stuff uh but like i said just just really sharing sharing the story and painting the picture of who we are and what we want to do you know some people still think you know, the Bronson Sock Puppets is the stupidest name on the face of this planet, and it's ridiculous. And no, like, it's not a baseball team. It's not a serious baseball team. And and we agree with them. We're not as, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. No, We're no, you can't. You, you exactly. can't. Yeah, you can't take yourself seriously. You just have to go out there and have fun. And that's right. Uh, you know, and I think that it's, look at the, you mentioned the Savannah Bananas earlier. I mean, nobody thought that team was going to succeed. And, and now they're the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. They have over they a million are. followers on TikTok. They're literally a global brand. Yes. And it all started because, 
you know, Jared Orton, the president, who was actually the AGM here in Burlington when I interned here in 2015, he's now the president down there. His mom actually works for us. Uh, Jared's mom works for us. And then Jesse Cole, obviously the owner of the Yale Tux guy, you know, they, they, that's what they focus on. It's like, they don't care about baseball. I mean, they do, obviously that's what they play, but they care about showing people a really fun night, a fun time to anybody. Even if you like baseball, if you don't like baseball, it doesn't matter. You're going to have a good time. And that's what we're trying to preach here. It's baseball can be a very boring sport if you let it. Um, right. And, and it's, it's, it's tough sometimes if there's, if you don't truly love baseball, like I'm a huge baseball guy. So I'm, I can go and watch a pitcher's duel. Right. And it's yeah. one nothing in the bottom. Nine. I love that. I appreciate the game. Some people who might not enjoy that might not be their thing. That's fine. But coming to a game is still something that they want to do because of what we're trying to do in game and throughout the game and, and who we're trying to interact with. So we're really just trying to push that narrative and, and show people, it's like, give us a chance just go out to a game and you're going to be amazing. You're going to have fun. Yeah. Because there's so many options to choose from in terms of baseball in your area. Yeah. 30 I minutes mean, to our West is Greensboro. 30 minutes to our uh, <laughs> East is, is Durham. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, in, the, Carolina really is North Carolina is base minor league baseball central. It's yeah. It, it's yeah, exactly. Then you, you could also go to high point. You could go to Thomasville. You can go to Danville, Salem, Ho- Holly Springs, Zebulon. I mean, and I'm just naming a few. There's a lot more. Uh, yeah. But, you know, what I want to tell people when when you go to your ballpark, you got this awesome historic baseball stadium. You have the mascot throwing out candy to the kids on the concourse. You have this just as soon as you walk in, it's almost like a carnival like atmosphere. And I don't see that too often. I know Reading, Pennsylvania is the the top of the carnival like atmosphere that I've been to. You know, uh, tickets are cheap. Parking's free. I love how you park on the grass and walk to the stadium. That takes you oh, back cool. as a kid. That's right. Uh, and there's a video out there. It's from 1991 from opening night at the ballpark. And the, the guy who shot it, him and his friend were touring every minor league and major league ballpark that year. And it doesn't look that much different, yeah. you know, from when you park the car and walk up, obviously there's been a lot of cosmetic changes yeah. uh, to the stadium. Uh, you know, it's just, <clears throat> It, it, it means you don't have to have a flashy new ballpark right. to be entertaining. And you guys did a lot of in-between promos. You had a promo where you threw socks into a drawer. Uh, you had tickets where you could have all you can eat, which were right. or $10, $10 plus your ticket, or is that? It's it's $15 all you can eat ticket. It comes in our group oh. packages and our membership. So you can't just walk up to a gate and get a $15 ticket. Yes. You have a group or a membership with us. Okay. Um, but yeah, but like, and, and we hopefully eventually that's kind of the route we want to go to because we're we're kind of tired i hate going to games where it's like all right you know it's a ten dollar ticket and then a beer is eight dollars and then oh, yeah. if your kid wants to play in the ball pit you know it, that's an extra five dollars to get access to the kids zone and then it's another five dollars for this and another five dollars for that and and we don't want to nickel and dime people. yeah we're a small business right like we we need to make money to survive you know we're not just we don't just pull money out of thin air. We do need to make money, but we don't want to have any hidden fees. I believe, you know, if you have a ticket to our ballpark and you're coming through the gates, everything pretty much within reason should be included. You shouldn't have to take out your wallet. And that's why we made the memberships the way that we did, not just for regular fans, but, you know, for businesses to give out to your clients and to give out to your employees specifically. It's like, hey, have a, have a free night out on me. That's the whole goal of what we want to do. We want to show the value of, of this. I had a season ticket holder ask me, he's like, why don't you charge more? Like we should charge more for what we have. And it's like our margins on season memberships probably aren't as great as what other teams are, but I think we don't care about that. We care about building a fan base that wants to be there, that wants to consistently support us. And I, I believe if, if, if businesses do things a certain way or the right way and they just stick to it, don't worry about making a dollar today. The money's going to come as long as you put together a, a quality uh, product, you know, on the field, off the field, everything. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. And we're, we're really trying to strive to be a community centric team where it's affordable for literally everybody to come up here. Inflation's up 12% this year, but we're trying, excuse me, we're trying our hardest not to raise prices in our concession stand, our beer sales, our ticket prices are staying the same this year. So we're trying very, very hard to, even though, you know, we're probably going to eat some of, some of that inflation cost, we don't want to punish families because of, of everything that's going on too. So we're just trying to be very, very community centric and affordable for people. We'll never, we're never going to be a, a luxurious team where people think, you know, the Charlotte Knights, for example, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's one of the most major league minor league clubs in the history of sports you know they have a yeah. beautiful downtown stadium it's it could be major league if it wanted to be um 
we know who we are. We're not trying to be somebody that we're not. And I think it's been working. It worked year one, and I hope it continues working down the road because we're just trying to do things the right way. Well, yeah, the, the, the way you guys did it last year with uh, just short notice, you, you did it quite fine. And even, even though it rained, you still had a nice crowd. I'm yeah. sure you probably would have had the place completely sold out, but yeah. it, it did it. I didn't feel like there was, there was less of a crowd than a normal night of baseball there. So it was, it was quite, uh, quite yeah, the evening. We, we were, we were a little bit, uh, we were a little bummed uh, yeah. because it rained. I mean, and, and naturally people see it rain. So they just stay home. And, I know. You know, just like, Oh, they assume the game's going to be canceled. And, and, uh, and last year was tough too, because group, we didn't have a lot of group sales because some people are still being, you know, a lot of companies were still very COVID conscious. Cause that was, I mean, COVID's still going on, but it was even more prevalent last summer. And it was tough for groups and companies to say, yeah, we're going to bring a lot of people out here. So it's tough. So we had to rely a lot on walk-up. So the weather obviously affects walk-up, you know? So, so that night we were a little bit bummed about the, it's still a nice crowd. Um, but we were a little bit bummed about, yeah. uh, uh, about the, about the weather situation. But one thing that we tried to do too, is we had two, two instances where it rained in like the eighth inning, ninth inning on a fireworks night and people were leaving. Cause you know, it's towards the end of the game. They're like, Oh, they're not going to shoot fireworks. And we still shot off fireworks in the pouring rain. And we had so many people call us and say, I will never leave early on a fireworks night. <laughs> now that I know, regardless of what you guys, and we, we, and that's what we tell people that's what we're trying to say, rain or shine, we're going to put on a freaking show doesn't matter. Yeah. No, 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 you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I could talk about rain. I was supposed to go down to Nashville. I was supposed to be at the Nashville sounds opener and then hit a Vanderbilt baseball game. Oh, wow. And then hit a Western Kentucky university game just because we need a review of that. And that was oh. on my way, but the weather sucked. It was raining during the day. It was cold. It did clear up at night. And uh, Nashville sort of told me, you know, you can come down, but we're not going to have a lot of people that night just because yeah. of the rain. So it might be best uh, if you come down another day, time. We, we don't want to look bad for your review. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's nice of them. Triple A team, you know, like giving you really, heads up. Give but me I mean, a heads up. Yeah. That's another thing though, is I think, I mean, especially in baseball is like this in Daytona. I feel like I don't want to speak for other teams. But I feel like it's like this across the board, you know, when it rains, everybody looks at it as a negative. And that's one thing we've had talks internally here is all right. You know, what is our rain plan where I, I kind of want to have such a, such an awesome backup plan. So if it rains and we're in a rain delay, Interesting. We, have this awesome show, we have this awesome show that we can still put on, you know, in the stands that people eventually are hoping that we go on a rain delay to see what wacky thing we do during it to keep their attention. Like, that's what I want to do. I honestly want people to hope that it rains because they love what we do and doing rain delays. I want people to look at rain as a, almost as a positive. Now, granted it sucks always, right? Cause you have to delay the game. You have to put the tarp on the field, all that fun stuff. But, uh, but yeah, we want to get to the point. I mean, this, and once again, the Savannah bananas do a really solid job of being interactive during rain delays and, and, it's, it, and it works well you know that that's interesting that you point that up because i mean you have the covered grandstand which a lot of ballparks don't have you could still entertain folks as long as the people entertaining you or the ones or yeah or getting yeah. wet yeah uh and then you have the two uh classic grand uh you know bleacher seatings down the baselines uh you know would you ever have the moment where hey we could throw up an emergency tarp to cover those seats and i sure wish Something innovating like that. You know, I know the yeah. Savannah Bananas. I was listening to uh, Paul Caputo's uh, podcast with Jesse. They're talking about building a new ballpark with banana trees and all sorts of weird stuff going on there. Yeah. You know, what about your ballpark? Are you looking to add anything interesting like that to make Sockville kind of like its own little Disney yeah. World? Well, in all honesty, I, I want to I, I want to say everything that we have planned. I have some passion projects in the work that might come to fruition, might not come to fruition, but I, I can't, I can't say out loud right now because we're going yeah. through a lot of red tape, okay. but uh, we do have some pretty awesome renovations down the, down the road. We're actually um, looking at, and I, I actually, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyways. Uh, we're <laughs> looking at, we have a metalworks. Um, we have a guy here that uh, is very ingrained in the community and has a metalworks business. Um, and I asked him, I was like, what would it take to get two, you know, eight and a half foot giant sock puppet statues, you know, Ooh. one of each character to go right, you know, where the welcome to Sockville sign is, have the statues right there to kind of have more of like a picturesque kind of fun, you know, themed welcome to Sockville. So, I mean, you said Disney, Disney-esque, and that's 100% what I kind of want to be. Mm -hmm. We're in this, 
you know, the small area, Burlington, North Carolina, in between Durham, Raleigh, and Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem, like these huge metropo uh, metropolitan cities in North Carolina, and then there's us, and we're growing rapidly, and this this town and this county is awesome to, to be in, but it's still a little bit of a hidden treasure. Just no, it is. It's, the, yeah. And we yeah. want to start branding ourselves as Sockville, as, you know, when you come through town, you have to go to the ballpark to see the statues. You have to go to the ballpark to see the game, and and uh, we we think that we want to preserve the history of this ballpark. We don't want to change the structure. We don't want a new ballpark by any means. Cause like we no. want it to still be intimate. We still want it to be old and rustic, but we think that there's some additions that can go on in party areas and around the field and around the stadium that can really just take it to the next level. So we're excited about what we got planned in the future. Uh, and hopefully if, uh, as soon as we get approval, uh, I'm going to be blasting that all over social media. So, all right. uh, hopefully we get approval here within the next, I'd say 10 months, I should know, have an answer about okay. the next okay. big project that we're working on. Uh, but yeah, some things are in the pipeline and I think people are going to be pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Well, what I would find out is, uh, get his book of world records. Where are, where is the largest statue of, of sock puppets? Of a sock? Well, and, and, so and break that record. I don't know if it does exist, but. So Guinness, actually, they we we uh, we weren't the fondest of Guinness because we broke the record for most people simultaneously wearing sock puppets on their hand at opening night last year. We okay. the record was like six hundred and seventy, and we had three thousand people here at the at the ballpark with sock puppets on their hands. So we we broke that record. But you know, Guinness is a business, and they wanted like twenty thousand dollars from us to fly somebody out. It was like twenty thousand dollars. Really, that's like, what it takes. To oh make... yeah, it was it was tough. So we we just broke our record our own record. It's not a Guinness certified, which kind of stinks, you know, because they obviously are the brand of world records, but um, yeah. Wow. So, so that's how people break records. Okay. We'll give you 20 grand, come out here and, and confirm we'll put it. You, we'll put you in the book hundred percent. Oh my God. That's, 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 that's something you'll learn on the ballpark hunter podcast. What Guinness there you go. Uh, only here Guinness record. Oh my goodness. So Anderson, tell me about merchandise. Uh, was it everything you imagined selling across oh. the country in the world? I, I could, I like we, Thomas and I, we met uh, yesterday or two days ago. Thomas is our uh, assistant general manager here. AGM, yeah. Yeah, we, we met uh, to go over like the checklist that we had last April to just see like, hey, where are we in comparison to that? And it's crazy. We have a list of like 100 checkpoints last year, and we only have about three of them that we still need to do this year to get ready for the season. And one of them uh, that we're going back that was already checked off is like, all right, hey, what is the, um, uh, what is the merch layout look like because this time last year we still had a hundred orders that we still needed to put out we had consistently we had it was a tough system we were overblown like i couldn't imagine now granted we're still getting a lot of orders which is awesome but our systems are in place to actually handle the volume that we did last year it was just me and thomas in the office so we're trying to put together a season we're trying to put together you know group nights promotional nights and then we have hundreds of hundreds of orders coming in a week to ship out sock sock stuff. I couldn't have imagined it. Uh, it really, really helped us coming off of COVID from a revenue stream standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, merchandise, we're still, uh, the, the newness has weird off a little bit. A lot of people are still finding out about us every week, which is awesome. But now we're shifting our focus to, all right, what can we do in a unique way to have limited edition items? And we're going to be coming out with new merch uh, uh, here within the next couple of uh uh, within the next month and a half. And then in July, hopefully it's been backordered right now because of the supply chain, but we have another Disney-esque themed um, novelty uh, thing that we're going to be launching online. And I think people are going to be pretty pumped about um, that when we launch it. Okay. Now, did you sell merchandise to all 50 states? Were you one all of those? 50 sta all 50 states and four countries. Okay. Uh, Canada, uh, or four international countries outside of the United States, Canada, which I guess like we do kind of international, even though it's yeah. right up there. Yeah. Canada's Canada, international. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had South, we had South Korea, which was the most unique one. Uh, they bought a, they bought a fitted hat for like 35 bucks and shipping. It was like 50 or 47 bucks or something yeah. like that. They're baseball so they fans. More for yeah. More for shipping than, uh, than they did for that. Uh, and then we had UK and then we had, I want to say Ireland. Uh, I want to say Ireland. But it's another, it's another European country. I don't remember yeah. which one it was. Nice. I want to say Ireland, though. Well, I can tell you, speaking of South Korea, I wanted to buy a KT Wiz cap. That's one of their baseball teams. I love that interlocking logo they have. Just so cool-looking, classic. Yeah. I, I, Yeah, you're right. The shipping was, was astronomical. It was, you know, 50 bucks for a $30 hat. And, yeah. and it's only it? and it's only going up this year with, you know, gas, gas prices and everything. Else. Yeah. 
I was wow. talking to, to Thomas, like for, for people who are just like, oh, why is shipping so expensive on the team website? We, we, um, you don't control it. We don't, yeah, we don't control it. I mean, it was like eight, nine bucks to ship. Uh, it was a heavy package, which is why it was a little bit more expensive, but we shipped it here in Burlington. It was here in Burlington. It was like 15 minutes away. And it was like eight or nine bucks just to ship the. You know what? Out. You'd be better off just driving to the person's house. Yeah. Well, say, we, thought of, we thought about that. We're like, should we? But then we're like, all right, well, and honestly, we probably, we, we might start doing that if it gets well, too I, out of hand, but. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, I know Savannah bananas do not uh, charge shipping. Yeah. And that's awfully nice of them because that does take a hit out of your, uh, your, your budget, but, but you know what, if it's, um, if it's somewhere locally and you got some interns, okay, you're delivering merchandise, but then, you know, but then you'll, yeah. And that will, that could appease customers. They can yeah. say, wow, I yeah. got this nice package that I didn't have to pay shipping and handling. Yeah. Or, uh, you well, can, yeah. or you could just throw the, you could just add a, a five bucks to the hat or merchandise to cover to cover it yeah and but we don't we don't want to do that either no, we want to no. try to be affordable but we do if you order more than 50 dollars, you get free shipping okay. uh, from us. so like we try to cover our butts a little bit on orders that are under 50 bucks that um you know that if, if you buy one thing we'll, we'll you have shipping there yeah, but that's, we try to incentivize that's people if you buy more just buy a shirt and a hat and that's over 50 bucks uh you know you're gonna get free you'll, you'll actually save money in the the long run so um we're always trying to do those things. Like I said, I hate hidden fees. So I do hate shipping costs. It just has to happen though, because yeah. of everything that's going on. Well, Eventually I want to get to a point where we, we might not have to do that, but uh, I also don't want to, you know, hide those fees within the cost of the product. No, no. Well, see, it's like, you do things like that and I, and people do notice, Yeah. you know, like, Oh, it's free parking or Hey, they don't charge shipping. That's right. Uh, or, you know, I, I know the Savannah bananas got rid of all their advertisers at the ballpark, which I, that's insane. I don't understand how that happened. I, I don't know yeah. because I mean, well, who cares if you have advertisements on the, on the walls? I mean, yeah. like, why would that, why is that something that would annoy the customer? Like that's something that's very minor league like, yeah. and I can see maybe you limit it to a certain yeah. amount, but I love seeing the, the walls uh, decked out in, in local yeah. advertisements. To me, that is just something very minor league baseball. Yeah. You know, I grew up watching baseball in the 1980s, major league baseball. You didn't have advertisements on those old retro cookie cutter stadiums. You had very yeah. few. And then all of a sudden they started popping up and popping up. So that's, well, that's one of my favorite things too. And this just could be because I've worked in the business side of it. Right. Is, is I, I love going to ballparks and seeing local businesses out on the wall. Yeah. Support. yeah. Like that's one of my biggest things is like, I love just seeing what businesses support the, the minor team. Cause I think a lot of people uh, sometimes they'll just take for granted that we are once again, like we're a small business. We, we literally, if we didn't have our, if we took away our sponsorship partnership revenue, we wouldn't be able to do what we can do. So like the sponsors are very, very key to, to our success. And we try to let them know, and we try to spoil the crap out of them. If they're going to support us, we yeah. want to be able to, to support Bow them down. too. You know? So it's, um, I love seeing going to other ballparks and just seeing the, the businesses that, that support the, the local team. Cause I, I do believe that local, organizations whether it's baseball basketball you know soccer whatever you know minor league sports they play such a huge role in in, in specifically smaller communities that uh it's important for them to to have success and and i love the fact that businesses are worth aware of that and then also get marketing value off of that too right like they're not just like blindly supporting you know ideally they get some marketing value off of that too and fans see that and want to support the business and all that stuff so yeah like for example do does red oak advertise with you guys on the on the walls yeah, they do. Yeah, because, you know, like a lot of it, it's funny. I told people about Red Oak. And for some reason, I know a lot of people that have been from Indiana that have been going down to uh, North Carolina. And I was like, yeah, go, go, go have a Red Oak when you're down there. And they're like, oh, right. my God, this beer is amazing. And That's I had right. their their other beer and I saw their their brewery and uh, off the interstate and. Yeah. You know, and that's just from me telling them. So can you yeah. imagine at the ballparks and hey, visit Red Oak when that's you're right. in town, you know, bring your ticket stub in and I don't know, get get a get yeah. a free half pint or something. I one don't of, know. Speaking of coming in town, one of the coolest things. So we launched our promo calendar yesterday and then also launched our, our single game tickets to go on sale with that. And within the first two hours, we had people already purchase from virginia beach virginia which virginia is north of us but virginia beach is not close to us a yeah. couple hours away rock city or rock hill uh south carolina which is about two hours away and then we had a guy purchase from minnesota he called in a day earlier because he saw that we were going to put single game tickets on the day yeah. and said hey just this is uh i'm not gonna say his name but like this is you know xyz i'm gonna call tomorrow can you help me out and get tickets i'm planning my trip around you know these dates were from minnesota 
Minnesota. Yeah. Coming here and like that, like that's the thing I'm so proud of is like Burlington, North Carolina. There's four Burlingtons or seven Burlingtons, whatever it is, in the north in, in the United States. And we're unique now. Like we get to have our own brand, right? Like that's Burlington Worlds was cool. And it was we got to be affiliated with Kansas City, and Kansas City is awesome. Like, talk about just a, a stand-up franchise. Oh, definitely. Eight more JJ Piccolo. I mean. Awesome, awesome people. I can't speak highly enough about Kansas City. Love them. Uh, but the fact that now it's like we're starting to become – Burlington, North Carolina is becoming a destination because of the brand that we're building. Like that gives me chills to think about. And I'm so proud that I get to be here and, and, and be a small part of it. No, no. And, it, and you know, I'm glad you said that because there was a time I kind of looked down at the Appalachian League. I had been to a couple ballparks and, you know, I was in Kingsport. I hated that town. I wasn't too keen on Bristol. Uh the ballparks were a little kind of rickety, rickety, rockety there. Right. And, you know, I knew Burlington had a nice ballpark. I love the story, how it was brought down from yeah. Danville. I did some, so cool. did some research on that as well. Uh, stadium journey, check that out. And why you said, I just need you to know, cause like, I know you said you talked to Austin, yes. uh, share the gym of Danville. He's a great buddy of mine. We were roommates in Daytona when we lived together, when we worked together for the Tortugas. And I always love to let him know about our stands. Like all the good yeah. things that happen in Danville, they always find their way to Burlington. They always find their so way it's to like, Burlington. Danville's like our little brother kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. Ryan Kerr, Knuckle, uh, the owner of Knuckleball Entertainment, owns this club and owns Danville. Yes. I just try to, whenever I get an opportunity to throw a jab at Austin, oh. I love it. You know, he's oh, like no. a brother to me. But, oh, he, do, he does the and, same thing too. In fact, I think that's how we opened up the show. <laughs> just, I live, I like to say, I live rent free in his head. Yeah. He's always trying to, he's always trying to compare himself to me and Thomas. You know, Thomas and I were just such a, we're a dynamic duo. And then there's Austin. He's just yeah. like, you know, yeah. He's no, our no, little brother. No, but yeah, but I'm saying, but what you guys, you know, became Sockville and Sock Puppets and the rest of the league rebranded. I was like, okay, I'm excited. Let me go give this uh, league another chance. And I went there, went Danville, Johnson city and Kiva. If you're listening, I, I want you on the show as well, because I had a great time up in JC. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Vilton and of course uh, Greenville. And it's yep. like, wow, I, I really was wrong about the Appalachian league. These are great little ballparks. They're in well, I don't, small, honestly, I don't, small little towns. I don't know if you were, you were wrong about it, you know, cause I interned here in 2015 and I honestly made the joke. I was like, I didn't want to really come back up to Burlington yeah. because it was just different, but like, it's crazy how my uh, perspective has changed and also my appreciation for what this league is becoming. Yes. And, you know, it, it is hilarious to, I don't say this to many people because major league baseball owns us. And I'm not saying this just because major league baseball owns us. There's obviously a lot of animosity towards MLB right now, which, you know, I understand both sides, uh, but MLB really behind the scenes didn't even flaunt it. In my opinion, they could have, they saved the Appalachian league and not only saved it, they created a, 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 they put us in a Petri dish and let us grow naturally on our own and, and take this league to another level. So we're very, very thankful for MLB. So, I mean, Morgan sword, John D'Angelo, fantastic, fantastic people. And I feel like they don't always get a fair, um, uh, make up in the, in, you know, in, in the greater scheme, because there's a lot of things that need ironed out at the major league baseball level. But one thing that I will forever be indebted to those guys in major league baseball is the fact that what they have done with this league, they've give us, they've given us platforms to be ourselves. And I think that's why that's, what's changed, yes. you know, when, no, that's, seven that's years nice. ago when I was here in 2015, it was just baseball. It was about, it was about developing people to get to the majors. Like that's what everybody preached on. And now everybody's preaching on their own individual local community, you know, having a fun time at the ballpark. Like, yeah, we're still a developmental league for collegiate players now, but I think major league baseball hit the nail on the head with this league and the support that they've given us um, and uh, making sure that we're thriving and, and successful. I mean, the all-star game, the Appalachian League never had an All-Star game until last year. And not only did the Major League Baseball give us the go-ahead to have an uh, All-Star game, they put us on freaking national television. Like, we weren't live, yeah, I mean, because it's always, it's always during the trade deadline is, yeah. is the thing. But still, we, we were – it was the All-Star game was rerun on the Saturday after the All-Star game on national television on a Saturday on MLB Network, and it's going to be the same thing this year. It's like you don't see that in minor league baseball at the AAA level, but you get, we're getting that now at the Appalachian league level. And that's, I'm, I'm super proud of, uh, of, of being affiliated with major league baseball still. And uh, I, like I said, I know that there's a lot of animosity towards them and a lot of stuff's going on. And, and yeah, I mean, we're all human, right? Like nobody can be perfect, but I do believe that what they've done in, in the Appalachian league has been really, really amazing and special. They could have, they could have just said, screw you guys and, and left. They, had, oh, yeah. they didn't yeah, owe they, us anything, you know? Yeah. They, they, they could have been like the New York Penn league. Bye-bye guys. You're dead. Yep. And there's a lot of folks up there who are like, wait a minute, the no New York Penn league. 
Yeah. Even though a lot of those former cities are still playing. Right. Uh, especially uh, uh, like Batavia, you know, they joined a collegiate league and they should have probably been in the collegiate league, you know, a decade ago. It was just, you know, their ballpark, the city, and you can still have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun at your ballpark. I didn't sit there and say, wow, this is a lot different than rookie league baseball from previous years. But, uh, you know, and, and I guess another question on my mind is, could the league grow? Could they expand to other markets or is that, is that something they're thinking about? Uh, I don't want to speak on what the league okay. is, is, is thinking about. Cause honestly, I, I, I try to focus very much on what we're doing here yeah. in Arlington and I kind of, I, I try to be a good boy and just do what I'm told. I'll push oh, yeah. the envelope here and there a little bit. Um, but I, I know that it has been wildly successful and very well received in all the markets, uh, locally in the Appalachian league. I don't know if they will look to expand. Um, I do know that major league baseball, um, I have not heard that they're looking to expand. I want to preface that I have not heard that yeah. they're looking to expand the effort. Yeah, no, it's, it's just but something they I, are, yeah. but they are major league baseball is pushing for ex, uh, expansion within the local community. So they, they want to try to support the individual clubs and in making sure that, you know, our facilities are still up to standard and, and people have more access to come to games and everything. Major league baseball is doing a lot um, in the local communities to expand the game here and expand the league and, yeah. and the visualization of our league. And it's, it's, it's really, really cool what they're doing. I think in five, 10 years, uh, hopefully sooner this, the Appalachian league will be right under the Cape Cod league, which has been the vision all along. Yes. You know, every, everybody looks at the Cape Cod as the premier collegiate summer league. And I think it'll always will be just the way that it's set up in the close proximity. And it's just a very unique atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But I think the Appy league is, is well positioned because we are former minor league professional league these college players are going to get a taste of what an actual professional season is like which is totally different from a college season right like you play on friday saturdays and sundays you might have a tuesday or wednesday game but that's it right you know it's it's and here they have looking at our schedule they have two days three days off in june they have one two three four five days off in july and then they play the entire first week of August. So they get a strong taste of, all right, this is what it takes to play at that next level. And I think that's really special and, and important for kids to, to experience that. No, no, exactly right. Now, one thing I did mention to Austin uh, was uh, developing your version of a Mercer Cup. Having Mercer some, Cup. Yeah, because you guys play 11, 11 times this year. Yeah, uh, 11 times. So we're some kind of trophy, some kind yeah. of trophy you guys can fight over and then, you know, obviously bragging rights to the victory. Right. Yeah. So uh, we are in the works of I, I think we're going to try to launch something for this year, but we want to do it right. We don't want to just throw yes. it out there to throw it out there. We want to do it right. And uh, uh, Austin, now that's definitely something that that's been on our mind uh, that we want to do and create, because honestly, when we were the Royals, uh, we had a true rivalry with the Danville Braves. Uh, like our season members knew the rivalry. It's it's Danville and Burlington's always had a, a rivalry from a, a minor league standpoint. It kind of went away a little bit last year because everything's changed, but we want to build that back. We want to build that back where it's like, all right, when you think of the Appalachian League and you think of teams, you know Danville hates Burlington and Burlington hates yeah. Danville. Even though, you know, behind the scenes, we're the same ownership group. You know, Austin and I, he's one of my best friends, but we think that's honestly probably the best way to create a rivalry is because him and I have just natural competitive instincts with each other. You know, he'll never beat me out. I swear <laughs> if he ever wins executive of the year before me, I'm going to call fraud. Right. You know, I don't think I'll always beat him at everything. And he always is, is going to beat me at everything in his mind. Right. So there's just all of these natural, you know, brother sibling uh, rivalry between us and I, and I would, we would love nothing more to debut that honestly with our brand. So we're, we're, Long story short, we're, we're, we're going to be coming up with some fun. Coming up with some fun. Yeah. And I'm sure it'd be, I'm sure it'd be a very imaginative looking trophy or, or belt. We don't don't know what it's like. That's one thing we've talked about. Do we want to go more? Is is it going to be an otter? Is it going to be a bot? Is it going to be a sock? Is it going to be a puppet? Like what's it going to look like? But um, it's it's in the works. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the works. Well, we'll, we'll make sure we'll hear about that on social media. So all right. Well, Anderson, right. I, I appreciate you coming on here and talking to me. This is a lot of fun, fun man. Uh, talk to you. I didn't get to talk to you a lot last year at the ballpark just because uh, it was busy. Was yeah, you're flying around. And then same thing happened with Austin. You know, I didn't get a chance to talk to him because he was doing like 50 different jobs up in the box. But I did get to talk to him a lot at your ballpark. So I assume if you ever go to Danville, I'd probably get to talk to you. That's just kind of how that works. Well, yeah, say so we'll have to coordinate a little yeah. bit more so we can so we can just catch up socially. But we'll have, yeah, yeah no, 
No, I hear you. And, uh, you know, I, that one thing I liked about your ballpark, I was able to walk underneath the stadium. That is such a narrow hallway. Yep. My yeah. God, you cannot fit. Two people cannot cross each other without nope. sucking in their gut. And for me, yeah. that, that's, that's, and it's eerie. Bit. Actually, one thing we did in, Hall- in, in uh, October, we did a huge Halloween. We uh, oh, transformed yeah, that underground spooky. into a haunted tunnel. So yeah. there's all those, we went and had people go through the clubhouse and everything is a really cool track. And we're going to hopefully have, that be a mainstay event uh, here. We're going to try to utilize, you know, obviously the, the older things are the natural, more freaky tendencies that kind of can come yeah. with it if you do it right. So we're always going to have a, a haunted ballpark. You should come down in Halloween and Halloween. do a little tour for that. Yeah, or uh, your crow's nest up there. That's another kind Have of. You, uh, were you, did you get to go up there? Yeah, I got to go up there. I didn't okay. walk inside because uh, it was crowded and, yeah. and I was outside and I, I shot some video. I actually did two videos uh, from your stadium. I, I had so much. <laughs> footage that i think i created you know 30 minutes or well maybe 20 some minutes worth of uh, footage so like i said it was a, it was a lot of fun and ooh, it's uh when, when there's a lot to record you you definitely jump on board and and try to take everything and then edit it later on at at your home so we'll, we'll always make sure you get the content when you come here that's for yeah sure. it was a great time i just say yeah, if next time i'm there i just want some uh, nicer weather so if you can provide that Hey, that, knock on wood, man. I, uh, I promise you. If you that uh, happens, if, though. That happens. You should. Hey, uh, you know, not to not, you know, this is a podcast and I probably shouldn't be doing this. You know, this is probably off the air stuff, but come to our all-star game. What date is that? July 26th. If you can make it to Tuesday. Oh, July 26th. Right. Well, we'll, we'll talk offline. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to my buddy, Zach, see what we can do. Yep. There we All go. right. All right. Well, Austin, I appreciate you coming here. Where can folks find you online? Or social media? Folks can find us at GoSockPuppets.com or our website at GoSockPuppets across all social media. And opening day is? June 6th. And tickets start at? $6. 6 bucks. You cannot beat that, folks. Great. Yeah. I think that's a cost of a red oak there. So for 12 bucks, get yourself a red I oak. No, tickets, uh, tickets are $4 or oh. uh, sorry, a red oak's $4. So for 10 bucks, oh, you damn. can come to a ball game and have, and have a good beer. Oh, wow. And then your own beer, your sock puppet beer. That's... Our sock puppet Pilsner, our year two can is actually, we uh, should be delivered here this week. Our year two can, we're going to have a different uh, uh, different design of a can each year. So collectors, come find me. All right. Sounds great. Well, if uh, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk off the record and see what we can do. All, All right. right. Thank you for coming on and have a great day. Awesome. You too, Mark. See ya. Bye. All right. You know, I have to stop interviewing uh, Anderson, because every time I do, he invites me to his ballpark and I wind up going down to Burlington. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if you can see me right now, I'm rocking the sock puppets cap here. So um, I don't know what I'm doing July 26. I know that's uh, around the time I'm supposed to be going back to Indiana, uh, not Indiana State. Eesh, I haven't been out of Indiana State for almost 20 years. Uh, that's where I go back to school. So I don't know if I can do that. But who knows? Who knows? Find a cheap airline ticket. If Zach can pick me up from the airport, take the family out to Burlington. If you can take me back to the airport, hop, hop back to Indiana. Uh, maybe we can make something. Maybe we can make something happen. I don't know if I want to drive down there and drive back. But anyway, Anderson, what a great interview. I don't and That was another long interview. But, you know, Anderson uh, is a good guy. And I, you know, he and I have a little bit of a history together. Uh, we're buddies. We're buddies in that way. Uh, so if he's ever up here in Indianapolis for some reason, uh, we'll grab a beer. We'll go to Sun King. We'll go to FDR. Uh, we'll go. We'll go down to Fountain Square. Go to Chili Water. We'll go to Big Lug. Get some of that poutine and those Nashville hot wings. Or we'll go to Torchy's Tacos right down the street. Torchy's Tacos, delicious tacos. Um, Wow, I'm, I'm getting hungry just talking about that. So, hey, guys, that was a fun, fun time. And if you are in anywhere near Burlington, I know there's a lot of ballpark hunters and travelers out there that go to North Carolina. If you have any doubts about Burlington, go there. If you've been to Burlington to see the Royals in the past, go back. If you were there last year, go back. I'm sure it will be a lot a lot of fun uh, to check things out and you have a lot of options down there. And sometimes when you make your schedule, you pick the dates that work best for you based on uh, weather, based on travel schedule, based on what ballpark you've been to before. And I know 
it can get crazy. You know, you, there's so many ballparks down there, but that is just such a fun atmosphere. I had such a wonderful time there. And, you know, if you're with the kids, I mean, that is, that is an ideal place to go to because tickets, what do you say? Six bucks, four bucks for a beer. You can't get beer for four bucks at a bar uh, unless it's a hams or a Schaefer or some just some beer your grandfather or father used to drink back in the 70s and 80s. And, it you know, you're probably drinking a bunch of GMO and crap. A Red Oak beer has uh, no preservatives. In fact, if you go down to North Carolina and you get a, a 12 pack of beer, you have to keep it on ice until you get to your destination and put in a refrigerator. They, you, you can't just buy it cold and let it go warm because it skunks because that's how well-crafted it's made. And a buddy of mine learned that the hard way. I said, yeah, give me a case of, uh, or give me a 12 pack. And he brought it back and the, the idiot decided to drink a couple before he gave it to me. And he's like, oh, this is skunked. And then he read that it had to be kept refrigerated. So I actually bought a 12 pack. I, no, I bought two 12 packs of that beer, stuck in a cooler with ice. And I did this in Charlotte. I bought it in Charlotte. I went to a baseball game in Spartansburg later that day, took the beer, stuck in the refrigerator at the motel, took it out, put it back in the cooler, filled it up with more ice from the hotel lobby, drove to Lexington, Kentucky to see my buddy Kevin, stuck it in his refrigerator that he had conveniently located in his garage, had to put it back on ice the next day. Went to Cincinnati to see a soccer game because, you know, I do like my soccer. And that was a brand new stadium last year that I wanted to see. Kept it on ice there. Finally get home from Cincinnati around 11 o'clock at night because uh, I'm about 100 miles from Cincinnati uh, uh, to Indy. Stuck in the refrigerator. My buddy that I brought one of the 12 packs for came and picked it up, I think, two days later. <laughs> Put it back out. He took it home. He had it iced and he got to enjoy it. That, that was a lot of labor to do. You know, I don't know if I would do that again, unless I had one of those like um, Arctic coolers or uh, Yetis that you can just put something in there for like, you know, 25 years and it stays cold, you know, even, <laughs> but yeah, that was my adventure. So Red Oak, make sure you keep it on ice because it will go skunk. Uh, that's, that's how they do it. And they also make a nice Bavarian lager, I believe, which, um, I probably should have brought that back as well because that was quite tasty. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to the Ballpark Hunter podcast. This is Mark Viquez. Check out my work on Stadium Journey. Stadium Journey, the industry's leader in sports travel reviews. We have covered everything from the NFL down to cricket, Major League Baseball down to the town ball leagues in Minnesota, the Holland Baseball Leagues, the baseball leagues in Australia. We got you covered there. And you can also check me out on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe, like, comment, tell people, hey, there's this guy, Mark. He's going around the ballparks. Uh, he's uh, doing cool, cool, crazy little things there. And uh, make sure you subscribe and watch because it's really enjoyable entertainment. I personally think it's the best bang for your buck. And then follow me on Twitter where I post things and stuff and shorts. And it's ballpark season now, so I'll be out and about. So maybe I'll see you at the ballpark. So until next time, friends, we will talk again. Thank you.